This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here's some of what we've got coming up for you on today's show. We have an anonymous listener question from Valerie, whose academic past haunts her. So I feel personally that what our undergraduate advisors tell us hold little to no water. Do you remember the newlywed game show from long ago? And I thought with Valentine's Day coming up, we should give it a try with a twist. With me in the studio to talk about all of that and perhaps more are my delightful co-hosts, medical students all, including M1, Matt Engelkin. How's it going? We've got M3, Ananya Munjal. Hi, pals. We've got M3, Nathan Spitz. Howdy, partners. And we've got M4, Emma Barr, joining us from the internet. Hello. Before we begin, I want to welcome back our friends at Panacea Financial as the sponsor of this episode. We want to tell you about their 2022 Match Week giveaway. So stay tuned for that a bit later in the show. Hey, uh... I posted a heavily edited clip on Instagram from last week's show where we were talking about how confusing biostats can be and it's no wonder people end up misinformed about science. And it kind of blew up relative to what I usually see from such posts that I make. It did include the hashtags Fauci, masks work, and masks for all. If you want to go see it, check it out. It's one of our reels. And the comments were just wild, insulting (laughs) us, calling us sheep, idiots, clowns. Whatnot, saying we were talking down to people who'd made a different decision. It's not really what I expected, but I probably should have. The the thing is, though, we are, you know, though we're not social media influencers, judging by our usual reach, this situation is algorithmic gold. Hmm. The kind of thing that real influencers get excited about because it means Instagram's algorithm will pay more attention to us. I guess in the future. So now you'll have to uh, add in some like product placements and some sponsored content yeah. with oh, well, uh, yeah. that's, that... N95, you know, sponsored yeah. by 3M. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Sneak in that product placement behind us. You're right. Yeah. I want to, I want to be careful to, you know, sort of re- respect everybody's position, even when I feel like it's wrong, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not above basically leaning into this. So my suggestion oh. today <laughs> My suggestion today is I'd like us all to chant Fauci, masks work, and masks for all, just for the clicks. And then I can post that. Are we ready? I'm ready. This is going to be really hard. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, all right. What if we choose, can we choose one, can we just like chant Fauci, Fauci, you know, like like a I mean, I do feel like, like I do feel like it was the Fauci hashtag that really brought the yeah. haters yeah the heat what if we do like a sports to you were like we start like, I say like a Fauci, Fauci. you say no. masks Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> no nathan was going a different direction no, i was thinking no, like a, you start low and slow like fauci Fauci. okay i like it Fa- and then we'd like build i like that okay so we'll maybe start, we we'll do the Fauci. Fauci. We'll do Fauci. Okay. okay all right ready start slow start yep. slow ready okay. set go Fauci, 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 Fauci,
mask work? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a cult now, I dare you. <laughs> I know. Definitely posting that clip. I was listening, speaking of Fauci, listening to what's what's the, the Daily Podcast by the New York Times, and they had mm. interviewed him recently. And something I've noticed, especially in like his most recent interviews, is his almost like outright refusal to answer certain questions Mm -hmm. that could possibly he's extremely careful in Mm -hmm. the words that he says in fear of being misquoted you pretty much have to Um, be i mean look at look at what happened to us we were just talking about freaking biostatistics and people were like this is why we can't oh yeah exactly and just almost refusing to engage in anything in air quotes like controversial you gotta be smart his lesson early on you gotta be smart we have an anonymous listener question from valerie whose academic past haunts her. Uh, Let's see if we can give her some advice. A short code podcast. First, I wanted to say thank you so much for making my morning so much fun, and they just really make my day. You're welcome. I also wanted to ask you if you had any advice for someone who was academically dismissed during their sophomore year of undergrad. That was now a very long time ago, but some background. I am a first-gen Latinx non-traditional student. While I was in college, being being that that was the first time I was away from home, I definitely took full advantage of that. Oh, man. I'll just let you figure that one out on your own. Look, I I personally know. Consequences have actions, and they definitely caught up to me. I was dismissed my spring semester of my sophomore year. So my advisor had a chat with me, and basically she told me that no medical school within the U.S. would accept me, and that kind of just stuck in my head ever since. So I took some time, and I went away for a few months to Ecuador, which is where my family is from. And I shadowed one of my cousins who was serving as a director of a public health clinic at the time for an underserved indigenous community. Amazing. I gained a lot of perspective there, not only of how privileged I am to have been born within the U.S., but also to have parents who just wanted a better life for me. Hmm. So by the end of the summer, I had decided to switch to being a psychology major and finish my pre-med recs. I also switched to a different school. It had much smaller classes than my previous school, and I just thrived there. I graduated magna cum laude, and I still had that thought that medical schools would never accept me. So during my last semester of undergrad, I decided to pursue a master's of public health, thinking I wanted to gain that lens. I did really well in grad school. However, right after grad school, I got married fairly quickly. And with that came along many responsibilities, such as rent and groceries. I had been on two research studies when March of 2020 came along, and I lost both of my jobs due to the pandemic. I was thankfully able to land a job at a fantastic public health organization that was working remotely even before the pandemic. I have been working there ever since. I really like my job, but I would have small existential crises from time to time thinking that I should at least give my school a shot. Uh, What did I have to lose? I had a stable job and a loving and supportive husband. Mm -hmm. So all this to say that this year I decided to go for it. Any advice on addressing my academic dismissal that still haunts me to this day? Thanks in advance. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's kind of a tough one and it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I First of all, I want to say that the academic advisor who told you that was probably correct at the time. Like, if nothing else had happened in your life, you know, then no, you weren't going to get into medical school, not with an academic dismissal at that that very moment. But then you went on and kicked some ass. But also, what kind of academic advisor are you to, like, just shut down, you know, your students' dreams like that? You know, I'm going to tell you. This happens a lot. This happens a lot. Here, here's the truth about the matter. Thank you for your question, Valerie. First of all, amazing uh, like what an amazing life story and also props on being first gen it is so ridiculously hard to be a first gen college student and it's even harder to be a first gen medical student and I think maybe you don't even realize like you've said that you recognize your own privilege but you don't even realize like how far you've come to even graduate as a first gen student so amazing for you amazing and that means you're the first person in your family to also get a graduate degree so that's also amazing that's an immense challenge and you have surmounted that so that's incredible So I feel personally that what our undergraduate advisors tell us hold little to no water because they are not for the most part. My medical school advisor was like a kind person over on my under on the undergrad side. I should be clear. She was a very kind person. She could offer me little to no direction. And I'm sure this varies. But like her title was like a medical, a pre-med advisor. And I did not really like I would go in there asking questions about like what I could do to make my application stronger and like all these things. And she had no advice for me. And I think the fallacy is that like we like you said, this like comment obviously like really impacted you because you feel that somebody that has some kind of like power or insight or knowledge is like advising you correctly. And I just don't find that to be true, first of all. Um, Second of all, like Dave said, there's many things that have happened and I'm sure we'll talk about those as well. But I just for the first thing, I just want to say if you want a clear idea as to what you're chances are or how your application looks to an adcom committee i would highly recommend going to like your state medical school and talking to like the med school advisor yes and and so that's amy ahern at the university of iowa and if you're someone from admissions someone from admissions because i got completely different advice like i my med school advisor her and i was like a decent student i would say i'm an average applicant to a medical school and her advice to me was like oh i don't know what your chances are like everyone's chances are 50 50 it was just not helpful and then I came here before I applied and I like talked to Amy Ahern and she was like, your application looks great. Like all these things that you think are like not going to get you in are actually fine, like totally fine. Maybe you could focus on like this. Maybe you could focus on getting service in this area. But like Amy Ahern is our, like I said, our adcom director or on the admissions committee. And she knows like directly, like this is what we look at. These are our metrics for our medical school. And frankly the people on the other end of the the, you know the undergrad line they don't know and they don't work in admissions they don't have like I thought this person had like a degree and knowing exactly what would get me in and frankly she didn't and again like I said this could vary from school to school and I mean even even in this school it could vary like maybe I just had a different kind of advisor and some of my friends had great advisors I just really want to urge you to not let this comment that I know is hurtful that honestly every single one of my friends has heard before like there are a million stories I think almost every single person that I've talked to had someone tell them they wouldn't make it or like couldn't get in and here they are with me right now in medical school and like Matt was saying it is just like immensely discouraging and I think these people don't realize that they are the point person this is who students are coming to to ask so what you say holds a lot of water and I would not let that discourage you 
And the last thing I wanted to say before I'll get off my soapbox, I have a master's degree as well. Mine is in clinical anatomy. And I can assure you that the great part about having an advanced degree is for the most part, nobody even looks at your bachelor's degree because like you said, that's just so much you know, further back. And like you were saying, it sounds like you did really well in your public health program, which is awesome. And I really, I mean, I'm not on the admissions committee, obviously, but when you do talk to somebody in the ad come, I'm pretty sure they'll tell you that your most recent degree, which is also like a master's is obviously like a step forward. It's a little bit harder to attain a master's than a bachelor's. So that's going to be great that you did well in that. And I would probably say no one really will care about what happened in early undergrad, especially because so many of the metrics focus on trend and you clearly seem to have an upward trend in your grades. Um, Yeah. You said it all. Yeah. I think in addition to as a fellow first gen person, I didn't know a single person in medical. I mean, I guess aside mm-hmm. from my like primary care uh, provider, I didn't know anybody. And similar to Ananya had a kind pre-medical advisor who just said, yep, doing great <laughs> with no other critical yeah. suggestions or anything like that. And I, I wasn't doing bad, but I also wasn't doing great. And I just, I didn't know because I didn't have anybody to ask or look mm-hmm. up to. I think some advice that other students may hear is like, oh, stay off of Student Doctor Network or Reddit or things like that. And I would like push back against that, at least in my experience as a first generation student. Mm-hmm. Aside from, you know, like Carver admissions, I didn't have anybody to ask personal questions to. I didn't have other sources of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to look at these websites with a grain of salt. Obviously, there are going to be very neurotic people or naysayers on those websites. But I think I have like, I guess, regrets that I didn't look at those websites because I had been told not to in my pre-medical application process. Mm-hmm. I think had I like looked back and seen what other people had posted, for example, like how they were studying or how they handled certain situations in their application process, I think that's just like all the more information for you to kind of integrate into your own experience. I don't have the personal lived experience of being academically dismissed, but I'm 99.9% confident that if you look up on these forums that you will find other people who 100%. have who have yep. had a similar situation yep. and who have successfully navigated that process. I mean obviously everybody's, you know, journey to medical school is different, but I would I guess I would recommend you if you have not yet looked, you know, just you know, Google academically dismissed journey to medical school mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you will find other people's experiences and you'll probably find more insight there from somebody who has actually traversed that process than me just kind of like postulating here. I think, you know, having read some of these forums from experiences that I've seen of other students, the general kind of recommendation is to, in your personal statement, talk about, you know, what was going on in that time that led to you being academically dismissed. But then like even more, you can be brief, I think, in that part. And then to explain like what you learned from that and how you grew and how that adversity will make you an even more compassionate, empathetic, et cetera, mm-hmm. physician. I think yeah. a common trend in medical school admissions committees is wanting to see your ability to reflect and grow. And how do you handle adversity? Because medical school and being a physician is presumably difficult. And if they see that you have the grit and resilience etc to overcome life's obstacles i think that's like a you know positive in your mark mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean I'll start off and say just like as an M1, a lot of these admissions things are, you know, fresh in my mind, having gone right off of those and into med school. I think a lot of the things that they said, you guys said are correct. And just like, obviously, it's a mark on your resume, but also you've had a lot of lived experiences since and med schools and especially admissions committees 
love to see those trends. They like to see how you've grown as a person. And by your call, it sounds like you've grown a lot as a person. So really just like highlight the things that make you different from the person that was academically dismissed. I like was said before, if you go on SDM, make sure that you treat it with a grain of salt because there's people that are going to be telling you things that might be in undergrad, haven't applied those kind of things. People that are just there to like have more power than they need to. So I'd agree going on it isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can get in your head. So be really cautious with the stuff you take as truth, kind of the same way that we said not to take everything from your academic advisor as truth. I totally agree with everything that's been said so far, but kind of going back to the SDN and seeking out other resources, I'm also a first generation college student and medical student. And something that I found really helpful was another podcast, The Pre-Med Years, I think it's yep. called by Dr. Ryan Gray. He interviews a lot of non-traditional students, and I'm sure he has interviewed somebody who's been academically dismissed before. Like his podcast has goes back years. So I'd also recommend that resource. And I'll point out that I f- find Dr. Gray more more credible than many pre-med advisors because he spends a significant amount of time talking to admissions committees Mm -hmm. and trying to understand what it is they're looking Mm -hmm. for. But, you know, I I think to sum up, you got this. Mm -hmm. Also, you're right. You don't have anything to lose. Like, Like if you, for the rest of your life, don't give this a shot, you know, you're never going to know. I think it's going to work out. Mm And I will also say that med schools love people with life experience. Yes. And you've got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say one more thing. Yeah. Apply broadly. Medical school, applying to medical school is still very competitive. So I would say apply to both MD and DO schools. Like mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a stigma against DOs. It's stupid. So I would say still mm-hmm. apply broadly and keep an open mind about, mm-hmm. you know, places that you get interviews and stuff. Yeah. I also want to say like definitely, I mean, it sounds like you were telling us about this experience you had in Ecuador, but definitely talk about that because we... 100% need more diversity. We need like more people like you in medicine to treat patients who look like you. And so that's really important. And I think that's huge that you have that. I think that's a huge superpower that you come from this background. And the second thing I want to say just briefly, I know you were academically dismissed, so I don't know like what you're, I'm guessing maybe you're worried about a GPA situation. And I just wanted to tell you that if there's classes that like you maybe like need to like bump up or whatever, I would highly recommend taking like and, and at, like a person in the admissions committee will maybe advise you better. But um, I would recommend like if you want to retake them, retaking things at a community college, because it sounds like you said you did better in like a small group setting. But I just want to put that out there that there's nothing like lost if you, you know, if you have grades that you need to like get up or something like that. Then, or take them non-degree yeah. at a at a uh, four year institution. You can, yeah, you can exactly. Do that oh, yeah, many, exactly. That and like too. make sure you're in like a, like, you know, a class size that works for you, like over a summer or something. But summer summer's great. For, summer's great for yep. fixing those. Yeah, I took a lot of hard classes. Over the I summer. think it sounds, though, like yeah. she basically fixed everything all sounds of that, like it so. yeah absolutely good luck yeah. valerie i'd love to hear uh what happens keep us posted and uh, you're gonna do great we right. believe in you we yeah in you. you're awesome <laughs> all right our sponsor this week is panacea financial as a bank founded by two medpeds physicians panacea financial is dedicated to helping doctors and trainees Panacea offers loans, checking accounts, and concierge banking to medical students. Right now, they're also running a giveaway to students matching in 2022. Five students will be chosen to receive $500 awards. Entry is free. Check out their giveaway today at panaceafinancial.com slash match 2022. Panacea Financial is a division of Premise member FDIC. Thanks, Panacea Financial. Appreciate the support.
Do you remember the newlywed game no. show from long ago in which each member of a married couple answers questions about the other member and the other member has to guess ahead of time what the answer will be? That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought with Valentine's Day coming up, we should give it a try with a twist, of course, because not all of us are in relationships right now. So each of us identified any close friend or loved one for me to send my questions to, and they've sent their responses to me, including my wife, whose responses I have not listened to. I'm so excited. We've got a lot of these to get through, so let's go. I, I want to start, though, by going around the room and saying who it is you selected for your partner and you know who they are, what their relationship is to you. So again, I said my wife, Christine, my wife of more than 21 years, I'm terrified by at least one of her potential answers <laughs> what about you matt i chose my mom my mom of more than 21 years so could be a risky choice okay i hope right. not but we'll see all right all right but what about you ananya um i chose my fiance raghav my i aspire to be married to him for more than 21 how, years. how long have you total a little bit over two years okay so getting on two getting in, on. in almost march okay nathan march knows better than me about it? two years yeah okay. it was march it was march. Right. about two years yeah yeah nathan Thanks. what about what you i had my stepmom erica call in we just spent a week together me asking her questions you know whether yeah. aliens exist that's you know <laughs> aren't stepmom supposed to be evil isn't that the narrative that we his is lovely oh my goodness like an, an, angel. an angel emma what about you i chose my close friend augusta from I guess college, seven or eight years. We've known each other. Yeah. She's not in medicine. She lives in Seattle. So, but every time I go home, we're, and we keep in touch. So, yeah. all right. Well, let's start with our first question. The first question was Is your partner a rule follower or a risk taker? What do you think Raga will say? I think Greg have said I was a risk taker. I hope he thinks that. I hope everyone okay. thinks that. We'll a see. risk taker. We'll see. All right. Yeah. Well, let's see what, in fact, he said. I'd say Ananya is definitely a risk taker. So much so that any given day, I really have no idea what risk she's about to take. <laughs> <laughs> she's also a rule follower for the most part, but she definitely takes a ton of small risks here and there. She once loved a blue pantsuit type thing so much that she parked in the middle of the road just off Melrose on her way home just to show it to me with people behind her honking and trying oh to get God. past her and she never regretted it for a second. Or for a, for example, on a more relevant note, she'll always take a risk to shoot for the stars when it comes to anything she wants to do. She'll That's email random sweet. people from across the world to collaborate on her with her projects. She'll never back down when going for something that aligns with her values. Aww. And as I'm sure you know from meeting her, she'll never let anyone crush her incredible spirit. Oh, this is so sweet. sweet. Oh my God, are these vows? Was he practicing Those, for his vows? I'm worried. No, I'm like worried. All right, you, you got it right. Let's go with, I'll, I'll do me next. I am a definitely a rule follower. Okay. Definitely a rule follower. Let's see. Uh, what about that Instagram reel? Uh, over yeah. there? <laughs> I was trying to follow some rule. Yeah. All right. Let's see what uh, what Christine said about me. He is a rule follower. That's it. That's all she said. Sorry, I love it. Nothing more to see here. She also is a rule follower. But yeah. yeah, we agree. Great. Let's go with Emma next. Emma, what do you what do you think? I feel like she probably said rule follower, but with an asterisk of like only if the rules make sense. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm more of a risk taker than she might be. Okay. So there's my answer. All right. Let's let's see what Augusta had to say. 
I think that many people might assume that Emma would be a rule follower, but actually I'm going to say that she is a risk taker because she is surprisingly, like, mischievous and, like, will try to convince us to do, like, random fun things spur the moment. So I would say she's a risk taker despite being a very disciplined person. Wow. Some, like, anarchist, like, undertones. I know. I am a little bit mischievous. I love it. I love it. I actually would not have guessed that. I mean, I wouldn't. I hide it well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just seem, you seem so. The well manicured background. You seem even, you know, you seem like a very even person, you know, like, but good for you. Good for you. A little, a little, a little balance there. Matt, what, what do you think? I think she's going to say I'm a rule follower. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's see what she said. Matt is most definitely a rule follower. We most definitely put most in Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got that right? What about you, Nathan? If Erica does not say I'm a risk taker, our yeah, relationship pissed. is done. Yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Erica said. I would say that Nathan Spitz is a risk taker and a rule follower. Okay. Okay. When it comes to his academic life, I think he's definitely one that follows the rules because he wants to make sure that he's putting the time in to whatever project or assignment he has to get the best grade possible. But in his personal life, I would definitely say he is a risk taker. A little hmm. bit of a thrill seeker. Okay. Also, is never ever one to turn down the opportunity to try something new. Okay. Yeah, that was a great okay. summation. <laughs> wow. So many complimentary things to say, except for my wife. <laughs> it's just like straight fact. Oh, so she also is a root. You're right. You just asked for yeah. answers yeah, and yeah. she gave it to you. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcodes at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. Let's go on to the next question. This is the one that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> what habit does your partner have that either gets on your nerves or that you think would get on a romantic partner's nerves? Okay. We'll start with you and Anya. Okay. I think it's when I don't like finish my like beverages. Like I don't finish like a cup of coffee or like tea. And usually like Raghav is the one that makes me coffee because he's better at it. And so I think, I don't know, because he always like comments on it kind of like, oh, you didn't like the coffee. I was like, no, I just didn't finish. I always like leave a couple sips. I don't know why. It's not like an intentional. Okay. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I don't know. Well, let's see uh, if you're right. So first off, let me preface this by saying that I love absolutely everything <laughs> and all the little intricacies and humanistic qualities that make her who she is. He will not but get there's trapped. definitely something that could potentially be annoying okay. um, when seen in the right light. And I'd say it's not so much a habit as a physiologic feature, but it oh. leads me to a sort of Sisyphus's rock type scenario. <laughs> so to set the scene, she loves coffee. <laughs> I know. She also has the unique ability to be able to drink coffee or tea at any time of night, metabolize it miraculously within <laughs> seconds and fall asleep almost immediately afterwards so as you can imagine this leads her to drinking a lot of coffee and tea closer to bed at the same time she hates drinking beverages that aren't the exact temperature they were supposed to be 
So basically, <laughs> as you can picture, whenever I make her a coffee close to bedtime, she'll drink a few sips, get immediately energized for a bit, study for a while, try the coffee again, and then it isn't the perfect temperature, so she'll just stop drinking it. Now, the key is she also hates throwing things away or wasting food or anything like that. So she'll never throw away that cold coffee. And instead, we'll just let it sit there in hopes that she may one day drink it for one hour it, or I don't know. But basically, it allows nature to uh, run its course. So most days, I'll go into the room. There's at least two or three coffees in the room that have been sitting there for days. Uh, the milk is curdled. The glass is noticeably heavier because of the mold. That's the mold. Oh, I feel bad Finish I tell her about it. it. Yeah. So usually I end up just taking that moldy Petri dish back to the kitchen, scrubbing it, and then brewing another coffee in there just for that cup to inevitably suffer the same fate. Oh, my God. Okay, awesome. but the what a saga. Awesome. Well yeah. told. Yes. All righty, then. Let's see who's next. Well, that would be me. This is this is my my moment of truth. <laughs> Bear it all for. Wait, Wait I no, was gonna yeah, guess. I was it. gonna guess. So I'm gonna say that my. Oh, you were gonna guess. I was gonna I'm, guess. I, okay, go ahead. You, do you have a guess also? I I do have a. guess. I want to go before you. Okay. Okay. I think you talk a lot about like the tinkering you do on small things and big things. That's not a good description. Tinkering, like little like engine repair. Oh, all that oh. Stuff. Okay. That's my guess because I feel like if I had you a think partner, that would be irritating. Tinker- no, not re- yeah. i do like the little clicking noises i think yeah okay okay you go it's not like i do it like next to the bed like in the bedroom i don't know just clicking i know (laughs) that's what i envisioned okay that was not what i was thinking okay let's hear okay so my my thought is um freaking out about Hmm. some minor thing that caused me causes me to catastrophize okay and then she Poor woman has to listen to me catastrophize. All right, let's hear what she has to say. Oh, boy. First background, Dave is a light sleeper, and he has amazingly wonderful hearing, like that of a a two-year-old that's never used headphones or been around loud noise. She's an audiologist. If I make the tiniest noise... In the bedroom while he is asleep, he will wake up and he will exclaim, What are you doing making all that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, and ridiculous. And he doesn't believe me. And in the, uh, uh, the process the, of answering, listen, no. listen to the angst in her yeah, voice. Answering this question, I realized what I have to do. Oh. I have to move my dresser and my vanity into the other room and uh, use the closet in there it's an it's a office <laughs> slash guest room and that's where i will that's where i will go i i will sleep in the bed and tiptoe out of the room and not do anything in that room except sleep and uh, yeah i'll even put my my toiletries in the other bathroom i i can't use the bathroom off the bedroom <laughs> so funny and it's it's astounding how incredible it is and it's really stupid how he doesn't believe me (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one i was kind of right overall a great compliment like you have phenomenal here (laughs) i was right but the inverse she's the one that's tinkering around you roasted yeah that's i just got roasted her her impression was very like i could hear your voice this is the impression this is the impression that my family does of me uh, yeah, oh, the impression was yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it was spot on. You're going to go home and your whole house is going to be rearranged. Well, I doubt it. <laughs> All right, well, I, Christine, if you're listening, yeah, do it. 
<laughs> Please, yeah, spare me, Emma. What what do you think your partner's response was? I think that she might say something about like how I think that like I'm rigid in how I think things should be done. Like the dishwasher should be re- loaded this way, even though there's like multiple ways you can load a dishwasher. I know, but a lot of times I think my way is the best way because I've thought a lot about it. So I think that might be annoying to other people in, in particular. I think she may get annoyed by that. You've thought a lot about it. So funny. You, you and my daughter. Uh, I do the things the way that I do them because they seem logical to uh, me. All right. Fair enough. Let's see uh, if Augusta agreed. I would say that Emma has the habit of multitasking. Like it's very, very rare that she's only doing one thing at one time. I, I don't know. Aren't we all doing that? No, but this is, I, that was the second thing I was going to think of. I have a hard time relaxing. And so like mm. we lived together for like three or four years and every time we watch a movie, I'd be doing something else <laughs> at the same time. I've learned to stop doing that, but yeah, I have a hard time not multitasking. Fair enough. Matt, we've come to you. What do you think uh, your, your habit is? I really moms don't know like. what she's going to say. I, moms, but, and she also, you know, it, it could be something that, uh, gets on her nerves, but also something that she projects mm-hmm. will be a problem for your uh, significant other someday. That's true. I think the thing I was uh, thinking about most is that, like, when I don't need to wake up for something, I just have terrible sleep hours. Like, I'll be up most of the night, sleep most of the day, really turn into, like, a nocturnal animal. So maybe that, what he's to say. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. He's an anamorph. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if you're right. Matt is kind of a slob. This is a mom comment. Look at his condo, and you will definitely know that he is. It gets on my nerves, and I can only guess it would get on a romantic partner's nerves because, yeah, he is a slob. I can't argue with that at all. Daggers. Every once in a while, she'll come over and just be like, I need to come back and clean everything. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can tell you. Matt's mom. What's her name? Michelle. Michelle. Matt's mom, Michelle. That I, yeah, I can tell you from my personal experience that he will find a romantic partner. Yeah. <laughs> and it will just be something that they live with. So <laughs> For 21 years. For 21 years. And they're still married and have two beautiful children. All right. Let's see. We've got we're we're on to uh, Nathan. All right. I've got like a habit and then like a personality trait. I think the habit and one that's particular maybe to Erica's. I don't think I don't you know. get to choose two. Okay. This is a habit. Okay. 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 <laughs> the one I think that like disturbs her the most. Anani, can I borrow your hand? Yeah. There is something that is like so. So I'm going to take her finger and I would like put her fingernails like under my nail bed to kind of like scratch. You know, you're like watching a movie. You would use Erica's nails to do this? Yes. Because huh? yep. they're longer. Right. Because yeah, they're longer sense. and they would like get under the nail bed and it's like this like itch. Yeah. It's like scratching like the best itch of your back or something. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Sure. And it just it absolutely disturbs her. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what she's going to say, but like that is something that I do that disturbs her the most all right well let's let's see it's very it's very specific i I don't know if this is an odd habit or not okay so i mean because 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 like how is this different from getting your back scratched you know it's just under the have you heard of anybody else ever doing (laughs) i mean i I mean no right it's so the other one is just like i refuse to accept like i don't know as an answer all right as like a person okay all right well here we go here's what uh here's what erica 
evil, not evil stepmom said. That's easy. <laughs> he likes the feeling of you sticking your fingernails <laughs> underneath his fingernails. <laughs> Weird. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is so funny. She's so disturbed. That's easy. I know. Weird. Oh my God, that's so funny. Wow. We know it. Yeah, we just, we know, you know each, each other, other well. Yeah. All right. This question is, which of the following breakfast cereals best describes your partner? And the choices are Just Right, Oatmeal Squares, Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, or Fruit Loops. All right. So, Ananya. Yeah. Which uh, breakfast cereal are you? Okay. Um, I don't know what I am. I think Raghav is going to say something like sweet about how I'm like just right because I'm just right for him or something. Because I feel like he's been like being very like sweet to me. I don't know why. Maybe because he knows it's on a podcast. Maybe because your relationship is only two years old. Yeah, you're right. Wait till 21 years. And, uh, you know, yeah. he's got a lot to lose at this Wait point. Wait till you're waking him up in his sleep. He is a light sleeper, maybe. Yeah. yeah okay. I don't happen. know. We'll see. All right. Let's see what Raga had to say. I'd say the answer is definitely Fruit Loops. Oh. Um, I would say Lucky Charms because I really like Lucky Charms, but there's so many. <laughs> of those bland cardboard type pieces in Lucky Charms. Really the only good part of it is when you get lucky enough to get a charm, which is which is pretty rare, especially when you get close to the end. I'd say what makes Ananya Fruit Loops is she's so constantly upbeat, energetic, and her happiness is just really, really infectious no matter what day you catch her on. So everyone she meets just feels so lucky that they got the opportunity to meet her no matter when or how they meet her. And Fruit Loops are kind of the same. They're always rich, crunchy, bright, and no matter what bite you eat, it's always consistently incredible. Wow. I have to know if he's like, if he like wrote down these answers or if that's all off the cuff. I I need to know too. I need to ask him. I will say that he was the very first person to turn in his answers. He was very excited about this. So yeah, you, you got it wrong, but. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. All right. I can live with that. My turn. I, don't, I have no idea. I'm going to say uh, Frosted Flakes because I am a bit flaky about, I have a terrible, I have a terrible memory mm-hmm. and I do flake out on mm-hmm. things that I have been told hmm. or been told to do. Mm-hmm. But you're still sweet. That's why you're Frosted Flakes. Yeah, Frosted, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if. <laughs> Your wife agrees. Let's see if Christine agrees. <laughs> Well, I don't know what just right is. None of us do. <laughs> and the other ones, I don't even know what oatmeal squares is. So if I could pick any breakfast cereal, it would be kicks. But since I'm <laughs> limited to this list, I will say oatmeal squares, I guess. <laughs> Did she think she's picking breakfast um, for herself? Is that what she <laughs> You know, it sounds good for kids. She, she didn't explain why. Maybe, maybe. Because uh, she picked you. She wants to pick the best option for her. So oh, kicks, and that's oh. You, you think that's it? You yeah. are the best. You're for the her. best for her. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, straight lace button down kind of guy. But hmm. oh, okay. Maybe okay. I'm a square. <laughs> I don't know. So next we have Emma. Emma, what do you think Augusta had to say? Um, this is a hard question. I feel like I this is the weirdest Paul, question. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's the most agree. difficult question to pin down. It's hard because you have to balance like what represents the person and also like what are they like eating because that like plays into it, maybe. No, okay. 
It doesn't. I think she probably said, well, maybe she said oatmeal squares because I'm like pretty disciplined and oatmeal is probably like the, I don't know what oatmeal squares are, but I'm guessing it's something like oatmeal. They seem like <laughs> the most guess. hearty, like best for you breakfast. Okay. But I'd like to be the Fruit Loops of the bunch because I'd like to be more like a Nanya. And I think Augusta is Frosted Flakes if we were to turn the question around. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll never know the answer to that. I'll ask her. But uh, let's see what she said. I think Emma would be Oatmeal Squares, and I don't really have a good answer for why I think that. That's just what my heart is telling me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign of like a true friendship, yeah. though, when you just say, no, yeah, yeah, you just know. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you're next. What are you? What are you thinking? I'm gonna. I have no clue as well. I'm gonna go with uh, frosted flakes, just because I want to say that I'm great. Uh, but we'll see what she says. All that right. Good. That was good. Does All his right. mom have the jokes? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number three is kind of a tough one, but I'm going to go with frosted flakes. Hey. It's, it's a good solid traditional cereal with a little bit of fun in the frosting. That's a good answer. Nice, moms. That was well done. Good one. You make you're making up for the slob. <laughs> I have some pros too. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Nathan. Oh, tough. Erica's favorite cereal is Lucky Charms, mm-hmm. and she's corny to, enough to say that uh, she's lucky to have me as her oh, stuff yeah. on. <laughs> I'm gonna guess though that she's gonna say Fruit Loops for me. Okay. 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 Let's see if you're right. I'm going to immediately say Lucky Charms. Because being with Nathan is always guaranteed to be a magically delicious time. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. You never know what kind of conversations you're going to have with Nathan. But it's guaranteed to never be a boring time. Cute. That was so cute. I love that. Why are your answers so much cuter than mine? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we we come to question four, which was, aside from doctor or some other healthcare worker, what occupation would best suit your partner? This is going to be tough for Christine, but we'll get there. What do you think the answer is, Ananya? I think Raghav probably said that I should be like a science journalist or an author, writer of some kind. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right, let's see. And he's probably going to say something really sweet. Am I going to cry on this podcast? I hope so. That'd yeah. be that'd be good. No. Make sure for you the views. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's for the, good for the views. For the clicks, baby. Yeah. All right, let's see what uh, Raga had to say. So interestingly, uh, weirdly enough, this was actually one of the first things we ever talked about. And her answer to this was what made me fall in love with her, or one of the many things that made me fall in love with her, I guess I should say. So I asked her, if we lived in prehistoric times, what profession would she be best suited for other than a doctor? <laughs> So I think just from knowing her now, uh, you know, writer or journalist is reasonable. And she often talks about how much she loves writing and investigative journalism. You know, she's one of the best writers I've ever met. And she loves human stories and investigating things and getting to the bottom of things. So I think writer or journalist is reasonable. But actually, I ended up agreeing with her initial thought, which was a mail carrier. (laughs) UPS truck before cars existed. So to preface this, she's run marathons. So she obviously has what it takes to run across the city delivering mail. More importantly, though, she's always said she loves big parties. She loves just having a ton of people around, being able to talk to a ton of different people and learning about the rich stories that exist in their day to day lives. And I think being a prehistoric mail carrier would allow her to (laughs) run a lot and experience a lot of little flashes of hundreds of different simultaneously existing lives. 
Wow. Oh. He thinks I should re- like get rid of UPS and be a mail carrier. You'll be the mail carrier. The right. prehistoric mail the carrier. The prehistoric mail carrier. Who uh, apparently has to deliver stone tablets. I, I don't, guess. That yeah. was a 180. That I was, was not a ready one, for I, that. Yeah. We haven't talked about that in years. Yeah. All right, so let's see what let's see what Christine. Has Wait, what's to say. your guess? What's oh your yeah, guess? I'm sorry. My guess would be I don't know. We were we were once bus drivers. Kind of enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. We we were I was a bus manager. Hated that. <laughs> Transportation manager. Hated that, hated that. But what I'm doing right now was something that I fell into. So it can't be that. I love it. Mm-hmm. It can't be that. I would say NPR host. Let's see what the hell she came up with. <laughs> How about I don't like, like this one already. of those YouTube influencers <laughs> that does makeup or whatever? <laughs> no, that's quite ridiculous. I think oh, oh, voice actor. Oh, okay, I forgot about that. Yeah. And Ooh. I think the uh, the why should be obvious because listeners love to listen to Dave. Oh, that's cute. That's nice. I like that actually. All right. That's a good one. I okay. mean, after being on the uh, Christmas episode, I can say you can do a mean Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after listening to the Christmas episode, I agree. Oh, that was that was nice. That was really um, sweet. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Emma. What do you think Augusta had to say? I think she would probably say and would want me to be a baker, like if medicine didn't exist, because I do a lot of baking, like on breaks and stuff. Mm. But the thing is, I never make up my own recipes and I use a lot of Betty Crocker. So I can't really feel like I could be an honest baker. <laughs> also, They'll never this question know. Is They'll like, never know. I know. <laughs> this question is also like a practice interview question. So if we, I don't know if we talked about this, but my answer for interviews is a children's or like an elementary school librarian. So she could say that, but I feel like I'm going to go with Baker. Okay. All right. Let's see. I think that if Emma wasn't a doctor, that she would probably be a lawyer because she's very good at remembering like the most detailed information, like the day that you plan to do something or like the name of a place you went and she'll use it against you if you there's that mischievousness yeah. Yeah. this is funny because we just had a long discussion on caffeine and different drinks last night and there was a lot of discussion going on so i see you were <laughs> using you were using things against people yeah. Oh, fair enough. That's what they call a shithouse lawyer, Emma. So, all right, Matt, what did uh, Michelle, Mama Michelle, have to say? For a while, I was playing around with maybe becoming like a professor if I wasn't going to go into medicine. So, I think she's going to agree with me on that. You one. have a professorial vibe. I was going to say that. Yeah. I think it's the hair, a lot of it. Matt's got a nice flow for anyone wondering. He's got a good yeah. flow. Yeah. Thank you. He's got a flow I would kill for. And the, and the, the sleeves are rolled up. I yeah. Can see oh, I'm all, I'm all ready to be one of those like, hip yeah. young teachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's see if, if you're right. If Matt was not going to become a physician or another healthcare worker, I would say that he would be best suited to be an engineering professor, Mm. which he has contemplated in the past. Mm -hmm. He loves teaching and he loves engineering, so it would be perfect for him. Hmm. Hit it right on the head there. You majored in engineering? Yeah, Yeah, biomedical engineering. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Well done. Nathan, 
I don't know if Erica would say a psychologist is a healthcare worker or not. That would like be her first choice. If we're going non, like total anything, I would say a movie critic or movie, movie. reviewer. Ooh, yeah, you do All like right. that film. Yeah. Movie critic. Let's see if you're right. Aside from being in the healthcare profession, I honestly think Nathan could probably charm his way into any other type of profession <laughs> and be successful Boo. at it. Boo, this um, is not an answer. That's sweet. If he wasn't well-versed or well-educated in the area, I think he could be a BS his way through just about anything and make it look like he was highly knowledgeable. That's and true. It, that's just the kind of guy he is. That's sweet. So she didn't answer, and then she called me a bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's kind. I think you're already a movie critic, to be honest. We watch a lot of movies. And you, uh, you have I good... Well, I don't post them anyway. That's true. There we go. Uh, Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. So that brings us to uh, question five. Mm -hmm. If your friend were doing a DIY project, would they be more likely to finish it successfully or would they end up in the emergency room? Uh, Okay, so these aren't quite... It's not quite uh, an either-or case, mm-hmm. but let's see. Ananya, what do you think the answer that Raga will give for you is? I think he's going to say that I can finish it. We've done quite a few DIYs successfully okay. without going to the emergency room. Okay. All right. And I'm sure he'll say something flattering also. Yeah. I mean, his track <laughs> record is pretty good at this point. I need to be this nice to him. I think. Yeah, you, you, got, you have a lot to do. A lot to live up to. Yeah, I yeah. know. Okay, know. here we go. I'd say without a doubt, definitely the emergency room. What? Uh, oh, without a doubt. We're going to pause this one for a reaction. I was so confident. What? Oh, uh, let's, let's continue. Basically a DIY project that she didn't even try to do herself. Uh, and that already has the potential to send anyone to the ER. So imagine if she actually tried to do a DIY project. What? So I'd say she does DIY projects I that do. I'm sure she can tell you about. Yeah, like trying to get the I best will. out of coupon codes at Abercrombie, <laughs> trying to fix the front bumper of her car after she just put it in neutral after excitedly seeing her sister in front of her in the drive through line and scooters coffee and other things like that. And to be honest, they already somehow always end up with her narrowly missing a trip to the emergency room. That actually is true. But I was thinking like, painting a canvas or like knitting something i love that i love that the definition of diy project includes coupon (laughs) i did like really coupon my way through. (laughs) yeah i also had to try to fix a bumper okay like he doesn't know you that's twice he's right right. that's twice now he's mentioned cars yeah with you and uh, i'm i I mean, you know, I know. DIY I may not ever be a passenger in your car. I just... I'm never driving when we're together. He's the only one that drives. And now I know why, honestly. He's scared of me. I just realized. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> let's see what she'll say about, let's see what my wife will say about me, but I will say that I'll finish successfully, but I might end up in the emergency room at the same time. Okay, good. All right. Well, he would finish it successfully. However, perhaps the standards would not be to professional standards. No. Yep, absolutely. That's but cut the he's, mic. <laughs> he's capable and more capable than he would let on. Aww. I think he's a little modest about how capable he is. Wow. Well, that was a good recovery. That was lovely. Yeah. That was sweet. I do. The, the problem that I have with DIY projects is I get very angry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very angry indeed. And I would rather, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'd rather pay people to do shit. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Emma, your turn. I think finish it. You'd finish it? I don't have anything else to say about it. You'd finish it? You wouldn't end up in the emergency room? I don't think so. I'm very doctor adverse. I mean, I don't want to be the patient, so (laughs) I would avoid going to the ER. That's a common, I feel like that's a common sentiment among doctors that they don't necessarily want to go to see the doctor. Might want to think about that, you guys. That's because they they know. They know what it entails. And Mm -hmm. you know you're going to be in the emergency department waiting room for 18 (laughs) hours. I know, seriously. All right, well, let's hear from uh, Augusta. I think Emma would definitely finish a DIY project because she does it all the time. She makes these awesome, like, cross-stitch, like, art things that are super cool, and she does a really good job. So she's very talented in the crafting department. I just want to say congratulations to Augusta for properly defining DIY project. Well done. Well done. No cars involved. <laughs> no cars. Well done. No coupon clipping. No coupon clipping. <laughs> yeah, I guess this question is hard because DIY could be everything from like art projects I to know. fixing a car. I, I, I can tell you that I was I was thinking sloppily about this question. I was thinking more in terms of like, you know, fixing up your house or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, you know. the first thing I went to in my brain was like, could I build a birdhouse without instructions? <laughs> That would send me to the emergency room. That for (laughs) sure. For sure. All right. Yeah. I guess we're on to you, Matt. What do you think Michelle is going to say? I'm going to say, I'm going to say I can finish it. I feel like it'd be just like wrong to, you know, have a degree in engineering and be sent to the emergency room by like a DIY project. What about a coupon? What about some like, yeah, too much like hubris. Ananya's clipping coupons and it manages to slit her her throat. Honestly, (laughs) honestly. All right. uh, Extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Extreme couponing. This is the definition. Let's see what Michelle says. Matt doing a DIY project would end up completed successfully and i don't think he'd go to the emergency room he's he's pretty good with this stuff however he definitely <laughs> strives for function over how nice something might look oh, yeah. most of the time at least that's how i see it just ask him about my pampered chef apple peeler that he <laughs> fixed for me Ooh, i want to hear Ooh, it's a good one we're I asking think it was back in uh high school but like you know those apple peelers that like turn it into like the yeah. swirly yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the handle fell off of it and i was like how am i supposed to fix this i want you know a perfectly spiraled apple so we have this <laughs> old futon that just got torn apart and so now it's just like the wood like yeah. the wood pieces that okay. we use like for fire Scrap starters wood, and yeah. stuff yeah Took one of the smaller pieces of that and a screw just stuck it on. Looks terrible, doesn't really work, but you can you can spin the, yeah. the swirler so it works. Engineer. I know. Yeah. It's called thinking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you show it to anybody, they'll be like, that's the most jank thing I've ever seen, but it works. Sweet. There you go. Sweet. It's so funny that you knew the exact thing that she was referring to when she <laughs> said that. Alrighty then, you were correct. Let's see what well, Nathan. What do you think? What do you, what, what do you think? She successfully said? built a desk and replaced my phone screen. Mm-hmm. But Erica gets hung up. Um, one time when I was in ninth grade, I swung golf clubs in our garage and I like broke lights. Mm. And she just from that moment on has always said I don't have common sense. <laughs> uh, so I think she's gonna say that I would go to the emergency room. It's you know, I I feel like you've progressed beyond ninth grade, but she cannot let it go. No, and that's a parent thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's see if you're if you're correct. Depends on if it involved 
power tools. Okay, good. Power tools, I'd say the ER. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely the ER. (laughs) Something simple. If there was clear instructions, I think he'd be fine. But I think a lot of power (laughs) tools. Definitely the ER. I literally built her a desk. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. All right, so now we're on the last question. Which is uh, doesn't really apply to me, but maybe maybe Christine has something to say about it. Anyway, how much does your friend complain about medical school stuff? Infrequently, too much, or just enough for you to get the idea without being annoying? And what do they complain about? Ananya, mm-hmm. what do you think Roger's going to say? Okay, well, first of all, I want to say that this is medical school stuff, so Christine could answer that question. That's true. Um, anyway, I think he's going to say, I think he's going to be nice and say that I don't complain too much. So I guess infrequently. And what do I complain about? I think he's going to say that I complain about like the system and I'm like trying to fight the man. And I think that we need to make change systematically. (laughs) So that's what I think. All right. Uh, Let's see what he said. So I'd actually say, and maybe she'll disagree. I'd say Ananya actually doesn't complain at all about medical school. The only thing she's commented on are actually, I think, a correct interpretation of how medical school is a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, with the nonstop evaluation, oftentimes the humanistic aspects of medicine get lost. And medical school, as I'm sure we all know, can turn into like a nonstop hamster wheel that mm-hmm. makes you kind of forget why you even went into it. I've seen with my own colleagues that every medical school tries so hard to stratify their students. And in doing so, we kind of lose the things the patients actually care about, which is how you interact with them and, and how we take care of them. So honestly, Ananya loves medical school and loves everything about the University of Iowa, especially. So maybe she doesn't complain about medical school enough. So, <laughs> I, But I do think she does depict the goods and bads inherent in medical school in a really accurate way. Hmm. What did he right. submit this? Because yesterday I was like tortured. If you heard, I, I feel like it was practically Tuesday, like that he sent. Okay, good. Because if you would have submitted it later, it might have been might have been a different been answer. Different. This, <laughs> is, this is your permission. I you know. can complain more. I know. I know. I need to complain more. Yeah. Sounds like. All right. I have no idea. I I think I I never, I never really complain. That's lovely. About medical school. What do I have to complain about? I know. We're I got great. a good job. Oh, I got a good I job. I give you a bunch of... <laughs> <laughs> I got a good job. I get to hang out with you guys. Yeah. I, I don't have to study. I mean, there's really... There's nothing to complain about. Let's see if... <laughs> let's see if I'm right. <laughs> if you're right. Well, working at the medical school, he complains just enough. That's not a lot because he's pretty happy there. And But everybody... We all in our lives have annoyances, and we all have annoyances at work, and so he complains about them, but it's not a big deal. Okay. Good. You're right. Yeah. What do you think Augusta will say, Emma? I'm not sure, because I feel like I don't, like I don't see her on a regular basis when I'm in medical school. It's like just on time off. So maybe just enough because I'm like relaxing at that point. Yeah. That's the big benefit about having friends outside of medical school Mm -hmm. is being friends with somebody who is in medical school when you're not in medical Mm school. You probably don't have to listen to them complain too much about it because they're like, I'm so happy to be not at medical school. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like hard to complain to non-medical students because they're like, well, you signed up for this. Like, (laughs) you did this to yourself. We have have no sympathy for you, moron. All right. Well, Um, and then what do I complain about? I don't know. Maybe just being too busy, but that's my own fault for signing up for too many things Um, or the weather. I'm not a fan (laughs) of Iowa's weather. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's see uh, if, what Augusta says. I think Emma complains about medical school just the right amount because it does seem like an insanely hard thing to go through. And she has very good reason for complaining. I'd say she probably complains most about the lack of sleep. Mm. And maybe she also complains about how little her friends are able to remember about medical school. <laughs> so that would be I think like she means that I complain about her not remembering things about medical school like how you remember because she says something about how you remember every little detail so yeah. maybe she's feeling like she doesn't oh yeah remember. so you're like complaining about something you're like don't you remember when i told yeah. you about this last yeah. time yeah she's like, no frankly i, I wasn't you, listening i'm doing this rotation why didn't you remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah people with good memories are so unfair to people with bad memories I, I yeah i agree it's well look at Raz. He's got a steel I know. trap. He's bringing up things from years ago. <laughs> well, he's made a he's apparently made a study of you. I know. Uh Matt, what do you think? I'm going to say that she will say just enough, but I wouldn't blame her if she said too much. I'm still in like the preclinical ones, mm-hmm. so the thing that I've been really like I guess angry about recently <laughs> or complaining about was just those like questions on the exams that feel like they're unimportant for like medicine or the things oh, yeah. that like yeah. they test you that you're going to forget immediately or like the ones that you could just Google. So what's the point of memorizing those kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of things? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's see if you are correct. Matt complains about medical school stuff on a pretty regular basis, but I don't think it's that annoying. I get it. It's, it's tough. He mostly complains about all the lectures that he has to watch and sometimes he gets frustrated about having to learn about things that he doesn't necessarily think he should need to know about at this point. But then again, his dad has been out of medical school for 30 years and is still complaining about medical school. Stuff. <laughs> so, you know, what can you do? Your dad's a physician? Yeah, he's a radiologist. Uh, yeah. uh. Is he here? Uh, no, he's back in Dubuque, but he uh, went to went to Iowa for undergrad, went to Iowa for med school. Nice. And he, yeah, every once in a while, if you get him on a tangent, he will still bring up a single cardiologist that just made him like, uh, <laughs> that he went to a rotation through that he just still hates, even though it's, you know, <laughs> 30 so years funny. later. All right. Nathan, what do you think Eric is going to say? Oh, I complain literally <laughs> all the time. She is an emotional, well, she's not a sponge, but she just lets me rage against the machine. Um, and what I complain about the most, I would say like the perceived lack of free time or like my perception that I don't have enough time to do what I truly want to do well in medical mm-hmm. school. Okay. All right. Let's see if you're right. I would say he probably cl- complains about medis- medical school just about the same amount that any other medical school student does. Lots of, wow, what did I get myself into? (laughs) But yet, on the other hand, realizing that he's chosen just the right profession for him with his compassion, his generous heart (laughs) uh, for other people. I don't really think that there could be another profession or field that would be as well matched for the type of person that Nathan is. Mm-hmm. Nathan's she crying. Just, she just missed the question. <laughs> that was really cute. No, she said just enough. Right in my well, but not what I complain about. But She said so many nice things. I really enjoyed hearing everybody's responses. I just, you know, like even Christine's. <laughs> <laughs> Rule follower, period. Rule follower, period. 
I thought it was a lot of fun. This is um, great. Thanks, Dave, for organizing. This was that. fun. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Uh, happy to happy to 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 do it. But that's our show. Ananya, Matt, Nathan, Emma, thank you for being on the show with me today. Thank you. Of course. And what kind of internet troll would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Our editors are Maddie Walleen and Nick Lind. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. And our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. 